Hello, welcome to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, a show for creative, busy people who are promoting their work online, running personal mini marketing departments, along with all the other things. I'm your host, Helen Perry, and every week I chat to someone who's doing the same. They share their secrets and what they've learned. Subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. And wait a minute. What if you didn't have to do some of the marketing? What if you quit Instagram? I really wanted to play with the idea of like, who am I when I'm not being influenced? Because I, we've all found ourselves staring, clicking through to an ad and looking at dresses and being like, these are cute because it's entertaining. And then I, was, I would be like, I don't even know if I like this dress. I don't even know what my, what my personal style is or taste because of how smart these algorithms are at showing us things that we just automatically are like, okay. This time we invite a friend back to the show, coach, teacher, writer, and podcast host, Tiffany Han, who's gonna tell us what it's like to take a whole year off Instagram. Both overwhelmed and underwhelmed by the app, it's certainly possible to be both at the same time, right? Tiffany decided to stop complaining and stop posting to Instagram for all of 2022. Among other things, she called it her year of no. Keep listening to find out all of her reasons for why it was a good time to step back from the gram and how that felt, how it affected her business, because Tiffany uses it as a marketing platform for her programs. And, you know, spoiler, she's decided to go back onto the app in 2023. And I began by asking her how she hopes it will feel. I'm assuming people who are, everyone listening to this is is in some sort of business, creative endeavor, marketing, sharing something, right? And I am, I'm really, as I, we'll talk about my Instagram break later, but as I was preparing to come back from it and thinking about how did I want to come back? Did I want to come back? Did I want to stay out forever? What did I really want to do? I thought back to like the early days of Instagram when, remember, we would just like post pictures of plants we saw and put those filters on, the hipstamatic filters. And it, it felt really fun and joyful and free. And it was before all of the strategy came into play and the algorithm and the rules and the must-haves and all the things. Um, the internet was a simpler time back then for a lot of reasons. And I realized what I was hungry for was that kind of energy, the energy of just bloody post it, right? Like the energy of like, how can this be fun again? Because if I'm going to be showing up anywhere, I want to be doing it from a place of fun because I think that that is so, it's so apparent when you're consuming content, the energy behind the creator. And I was like, I don't want to be bogged down in the rules because to me, it just gets me in my head and I start overthinking and then I feel paralyzed. Um, And so I've really tried to, I've really tried to bring that energy into what I'm doing, which is like, if it doesn't feel fun and playful and free, then I'm not going to do it. And, and that's been really interesting to like navigate the year with that as my, my guiding principle. There are so many things in life, I think that 
you you you've cracked it kind of when you can go back to the beginning to its natural state whatever that whatever that is it's like if you can actually shed all the because all strategy is is when someone tries to explain why something is working like the thing that worked existed before the strategy did like didn't it? So, you know, so actually, when you can be in your most pure state of sharing without any hope or expectation for what it's going to bring back to you, then you're probably actually sharing your best stuff anyway. Right, let's explain. You are back on the podcast because I want to know about your social media break, Tiffany Han. You took 2022 off Instagram. Let's start with like, why? Why did you do that? You've got a business to run. Yeah, I know, right? I, know. <laughs> um, I have a business to run. You know, I, I, I was, for a long time, I had a love-hate relationship with Instagram. There were a lot of things I loved about it. Um, but there were a lot of things that my, my relationship wasn't always the healthiest with it. We can say that. Um, I also have ADHD, which I was diagnosed late in life just two years ago at the age of 41. So we know that social media is, is not great for that either. Um, and I, I started to feel, I, well, I didn't start to feel, I started to notice myself often saying to people, I wish I could just quit. I wish I didn't even have to do Instagram. And for me, that's always always a sign. If you're saying something over and over again, there's probably something there. It's not that you necessarily have to do it 100%, but probably worth paying attention to. Um, and I like to call my own bluff. You know, that's kind of what I do in in my work too, is like I, I am always trying to stay in integrity and say, if I'm asking someone else to do something, am I willing to do it for myself too? And I also really like year-long experiments. Um, I've done quite a few of them through the years and that year long container works really well for me. And so I decided instead of just wholesale quitting Instagram, let's really test this hypothesis. Do I need to be on Instagram? Because like, oh, I hate Instagram, but I have a business is a line that I'm sure a lot of people listening have said. Um, and the question is like, but what is Instagram doing for you really? And is it actually making a huge difference, right? For me, because I know I was so burnt out on it, I wasn't even hardly posting because I just couldn't, I like could not bring myself to do it. And so it really was like, well, if this is how you're going to be on Instagram, then um, it's probably not worth it, right? It's probably not actually doing anything. Because you're, you're not bringing your best energy. Again, you're yeah. not going to yeah. be bringing your best content. You're not going to yeah. be inclined to spark joy with what you're sharing there when you're feeling like ugh, and you know uh, there will be people listening who are like have asked themselves this this question can I do my business without Instagram I've spoken to female founders who've said to me I'm literally working out when I can quit Instagram like how where do I have to get to with my business where I don't have to do it anymore um it's interesting anyway so you were there and you were like there's no point in saying I'm I'm gone I'm done with it you know I'm deleting it all forever you are taking a break that must have felt a little 
did it feel a little bit scary from a business point of view, really? Because that's so often where people can find us or have a first conversation. It felt really scary from a business standpoint. Um, It also felt really scary from just like an identity standpoint, right? Like this is something that I do and it's something that is part of like woven into my business and my relationships and my social social life. And, and especially, you know, I think that probably everyone who spends a lot of time on the internet, you have your real life friends and then you have like your internet friends, right? And, and I have my friends that I see like at school pickup and I don't follow, we don't follow each other on Instagram. Like I don't even know if they're on Instagram because we're not talking about that. But then you have this often whole other world and I didn't know, like, it's a little bit like, I don't need clothes this year, right? Like, let's just go naked into the world and see what happens. And I know it's not, but it, that's that's what it felt like. Um, at the same time, I was like, this is just like a business. So this is just a social media platform. And all of the time that I spend on here is really making Mark Zuckerberg more wealthy. And that also feels gross that like I'm being manipulated into being here and then creating content that other people consume, which keeps them on. And so there, there was also like kind of an ethical quandary there. And so, yes, I decided instead of, you know, all or nothing, let's just take a year off and get a break and see, see what happens. From a practical point of view, how did that work? I mean, was it mainly Instagram we're talking about in terms of the app that you were active on and what you deleted it from your phone? Like, how, how did you how did you set yourself up to not, you know, my thumb just goes, my thumb knows where the Instagram thing is on my screen. How, how do you manage that? I keep all my social media apps on my phone in a folder called Stay Out that I just simply ignore um, the title of. Like, I... It is, it's funny. My husband was looking for something the other day and I was like, oh, it's in stay out. And he was like, oh, does that work? And I was like, no, that doesn't work. Um, So I do also want to point out that I started thinking about this in October of 2021. So this was not something that like January 2nd, I was like, screw it. I'm, I'm walking away. Like this was, this was a seed that had been planted and then started to take root and grow over time. Um, And what I decided was to do an entire what I called a year of no. And so it was no social media, really no, nothing that nothing that I would have done out of obligation. I took a year off from buying clothes. Um, I took a year off from buying like, oh, my God, now I'm interested. Hang on. So (laughs) did you did you manage to buy not one single item of clothing for a year? So I, um, I will say I did buy one new pair of jeans on like January 3rd because Madewell was having a sale and I needed them. Um, and the only clothes that I allowed myself to buy were like functional, like hiking shirts or, you know, like trail running shoes, things like that. Um, the, otherwise, if I wanted to buy anything, it had to be thrifted or secondhand Um, but, or something I could make. Right. But it was really, I I really wanted to play with the idea of like, who am I when I'm not being influenced? Because I, we've all found ourselves staring, clicking through to an ad and looking at dresses and being like, these are cute because it's entertaining. And then I was, I would be like, I don't even know if I like this dress. I don't even know what my, what my personal style is or taste because of how smart these algorithms are at showing us things that we just automatically are like, okay. And it's um, the, 
that we are going through a kind of spending freeze at home, or I am in particular, because we're having something done with, with the house, which sucks up your money when you're doing that kind of thing. And it's so habitual, my shopping, my especially online shopping, like I will really find myself just slipping back into the old habit of, oh, hang on a minute. I, I'm looking at dresses again, or I'm looking, oh, I think I might need a brooch. I was looking at brooches. I mean, what the hell? On the internet earlier, just to kind of find something to buy. And I haven't, but it's just, it's incredible how you can do like a week or two, and then you start to slip back into these old behaviours of the way we use the screens in front of us, or the way we're, or the way we're being driven to use them. Well, exactly, yeah. right. So I, and, and that's why I wanted to do a year was because two weeks a month, not long enough, right? Because then you're like, oh, I'll buy that in February. Uh, and then you just, you kind of rebound back. Um, and, you know, when I started, I kept track of how many email newsletters I unsubscribed from because pretty much I was like, anything that is going to tempt me, goodbye. I cannot. Helen, it was over 100 in like the first three weeks of January. Is that lots of stores? That's lots of shops, Yeah. It was stores, but it was also the fashion bloggers yeah. and the influencers and and the people who just make everything look really good and effortless and free, right? Which is their job. But like it's gonna improve our lives. Right. And then what happens is you click you read the newsletter and you click through because you're curious, because humans are curious. And then it takes you to the place where you can buy it. And then all of a sudden it's like in the ads, right? So then you're reading a news article and there's the cute boots, right? And and then you're just, you're in it, right? So, um, and and had somebody said to me, do you know that you're subscribed to over 100 newsletters that are trying to sell you? I would have been like, oh my God, there's no way. And, and I kept, like I kept a tally as I did it. And when I got to 100, I was like, this is embarrassing. I can no longer keep track of it. It's not, a, but it's not, it's not an, it's not embarrassing. I'm sure that's completely average number. I imagine if you, if you're especially female, uh, you know, of a certain age with a certain income, I get it. I, I bet you it's a really standard number of lists to be on. Um, so going back to the social media for your company, did you do some maths around like, how is this going to impact my business? You, no, you didn't. No. no. I mean, that would have been smart, right? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I am not, um, sometimes people are like, well, how do you, how do you track your growth? And I'm like, man, it's just kind of a hunch. Um, I didn't. Man, I'm so with you. It's like, I yeah. just have a feeling exactly. about my metrics exactly. <laughs> I don't know. um it reminds me of one year I did that for my taxes and I got the number very wrong and it was a very um tough year for when my accountant was like actually you owe this much and I was like oh uh I should not you let my intuition calculate my taxes um no and though I will say right I've been in business for over a decade I've been sending a newsletter for a really long time. Like I had my newsletter list. I have built a lot of relationships. And so it wasn't, you know, I hear a lot of people that are like, Instagram is all I have. How do I quit it? And I'm like, yeah, you got to build something else, right? And it might take a while, but start. But really do. Start. I mean, really do. I I, I hear uh I mean, people lose their accounts, get them, ha I mean, it happens. Even people who've got all the security settings, you know, on point, it can still, it's not, or, or even to just have an email list, well, that would be a much better place to be in. But even to just have that one thing it, it, in any, any sense, 
you're vulnerable if, if that goes wrong. Yeah. And people love to say like, oh, your email platform is the only thing you own. But it's like, no, Google owns that. Like we still are trying to get through spam filters and thing, you know. And so I think that really trying to take a multi-tiered approach probably is very smart. Um, but I knew that even if things went down, that my business wasn't going to just completely disappear. I also, though, told myself, if it does completely disappear, because I'm off Instagram for one year, then it's all a sham. Like it's not, it's not real. Right. And, and that was something that like I needed to test, um, is because I don't, I don't want something that only exists on social media, you know, and like, and I'm not an influencer, right. That's not my, that's not my world. Um, and so it was really for me, like, I do like to test myself. <laughs> um, and I also just knew that my brain needed a break, that like my nervous system needed a break. And I did not know how else to get it except to walk away completely because I had tried moderation so many times and it never worked. Oh, no, it just it creeps it creeps back up, doesn't it? You you you, yeah. you get back to the same point yeah. where you're st- where you're starting to feel anxious, and not s- well served by it. So then, I mean, there's a lot to talk about in terms of how this felt and how you managed it. But as we're talking about money, did it impact on your business? Not being on Instagram, do you think? Yes and no. Okay. So. Um, I will say, like, spoiler alert, like, I actually had, like, my revenue was down last year. My enrollments for my, my teach, my, the, my main business focus is a year-long course that I teach every year um, that starts in October of every year called Grown Up Gap Year. Um, enrollments were down for that. Now, <laughs> because all my metrics are based in my intuition, um, was that just because of Instagram or not? Like, we don't really know. But what ended up happening was that I took my break from Instagram. I got really quiet. And what I did was I took away my numbing mechanism, right? So I took away the thing that I just use, you know, habitually to kind of check out a little. And all of a sudden, it revealed a whole lot of healing that I needed to do. Um, Personally, professionally, with the way that I showed up to everything that was really necessary. And I don't think that I would have recognize that had I not taken this step back. So So what space what space was social media filling up that mm-hmm. when it was gone what kind of what came to the surface? Yeah. It, Is it that was what a, you mean? Yeah, it was like it was yeah. just a whole lot of like really not I mean the, the long story, this or the short story is right there's a whole lot of like unresolved trauma that needed to be addressed that was without me recognizing it kind of coloring a whole lot of things and most of the impact of that most of that stress was being absorbed by me internally rather than you know from the outside again everything looked great but on the inside it was like I'm barely hanging on um and so I started working with an ADHD coach I started going to therapy I started doing a whole lot of journaling Um, I did just a lot of like that internal quiet reflection work. And what I thought my, my original hypothesis was, well, when I'm off Instagram and I'm not creating there, I'm going to email my newsletter all the time. I'm going to be blogging again. I'm going to podcast again, but really I got quiet everywhere. 
because I needed the space. Like I, it, I was not in a place of like broadcasting, right? I just needed to be with myself. And so my podcast went down from weekly to every other week. And then periodically my newsletters maybe went out once a month. Um, and so also like, is my revenue being down because of that? Right. Is it because I really pumped the brakes on like my overall marketing efforts and the relationship building efforts? Um, I, I can't say that it's just Instagram. I can say, though, that Instagram is a beautiful tool for getting new people engaged with your platform. Right. And and nearly every business will have to have a source of new customers a flow of new customers wherever they are coming from, whether it's word of mouth or advertising or social media marketing or something else altogether. So one of the unexpected effects of coming off Instagram is that it also meant that you just kind of wanted to quieten down your marketing output altogether. Were there any other unexpected side effects? Oh, yeah. Um, I... (laughs) I had to stop drinking coffee. I just stopped drinking caffeinated coffee. So this was pretty funny, Helen. Like I, so I have ADHD and often you can use caffeine, right? Like if you have ADHD, you can use stimulants to help you focus. And so unbeknownst to me, I've been self-medicating with coffee all of these years until my diagnosis and beyond. And how much coffee do you, how much coffee is that? How much coffee? I would probably drink, I don't know, like three or four cups a day. It wasn't a massive amount, right? And I had to watch with my sleep. Um, but I, I was like, I need my coffee. Yeah. And it was a constant level of caffeine in yep. your system. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and about March, I noticed that my hands were getting really shaky early in the morning, like after my first cup of coffee. And I was like, this is weird. And I started to feel like kind of anxious, right? And so I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna have to stop drinking coffee. So what we ended up doing was like slowly, gradually building a decaf. So I still drink coffee, but it's like two thirds decaf now, one third regular. Um, and I can have, I don't know, maybe maybe two, maybe three cups in a day. And then like I'm, I'm maxed, right? And... I talked to my doctor about it at my at my like annual visit last year because my theory was because of how much social media dysregulated me and my nervous system because of my habits and how I used it. I needed the extra coffee just to be normal. And so by taking that away, everything else became more bearable and I didn't have to self-medicate as much which meant that then my body just started feeling the natural effects of the caffeine. What physical or emotional disturbance is social media causing to us in that case? I mean, it is, it's a couple of things. One, the, the like anxiety producing effects of all of that, all of that stimulus, all of that happening, like that is not... That is not, if you think about like life 200 years ago, nobody would be receiving that much stimulus at once. The other thing that social media does is it it 
changes the way that dopamine, that our body handles dopamine. So dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is responsible for motivation. It's a pleasure chemical. Um, and, and most humans are like seeking dopamine and then we need dopamine to do like basic levels of things. In in studies, if you deprive a rat of dopamine, it will literally just starve because it will not have the motivation to like lift its head and eat. Um, people with ADHD tend to have, like, they tend to have a dopamine deficit. But when we are in the slot machine world of social media, we're having these really heightened levels of dopamine because the algorithms and the platforms themselves are designed to trigger our brain into all of this pleasure. It's like playing a video game. What And what that means is two things. Number one is that things are things that are regular pleasurable, like a conversation with your friend or a beautiful day and taking a quick walk, they no longer feel good because we need it to be amazing all the time. But the other thing is that because our bodies are always trying to stay in, in regulation, the dip from that is also as extreme. And so what you feel when you take it away can feel really bad and really gnarly. And then our bodies are like, but I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. And that's why we, it's like a drug. It really, it behaves in our brains just like a drug. Okay. Wow. So this is like some kind of nightmarish scenario that you're describing. And everybody listening is going to have a kind of sinking feeling thinking, God, what, what are we all doing? as a race with this stuff. Um, But you've decided to go back in. You've decided to go back into Instagram. You're there, I've seen you. Um, Why? Why not just not? Yeah. And I was, I didn't know if I was gonna go back. I was really, I was on the fence and people talked to me about it all year. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And I was like, I I honestly don't know. Um, And right, all the healing less caffeine, all the things. Starting around October, I actually started getting excited about creating again. And I started getting excited about being in conversation with people. I am I, I am what I call a social introvert. Like I am introverted, but I, lo- I love people. I love relationships. I love connecting with people. Um, and I missed, I missed the people that Instagram allowed me to connect with easily right? It is really good for that. And I got really curious about like, can I go back and be healthy on it? Um, I still haven't fully answered that question, right? I'm not, you know, it's not like six weeks into the new year, I'm cured and everything's great. We'll see. But I also, now that I've been back on it, even as insidious as it is, it's a really valuable tool, but you have to see it as a tool. Yeah, you right. have to. Yeah. Oh my, I, this, it's such a theme in, in my work, in, in my maturing understanding of how to use these platforms. Uh, and in all the conversations I'm having recording this series is this, you know, you, ha- ha- you can, to a larger extent, be in control of what you're doing on that platform, what you're taking from it for yourself, and not be manipulated by it as much as you could be not be just pleasing it pleasing it pleasing it you know to in order to get the whatever likes comments follows whatever the dopamine hit is of that day you know you you can you can take 
you can separate yourself from it a bit more and take the good yeah. and leave the bad. Or maybe, am I being over-optimistic? I don't know. I, I mean, I think some people can and some people is probably harder for, right? I think it, a lot of it depends on just individual brain chemistry. And, and it's not something, I think you have to remember, right? They talk about it in gambling, the house always wins, and you have to really remember that too for something like social media. Do you think the exact same applies? Oh, I think yeah. The same thing applies. We're oh, bit, yeah. we're, we're bit, we've been, I mean, uh, what was I, I mean, it is, I was reflecting on, you know, how a drug dealer in a neighborhood will get you hooked on a drug is that they, the classic thing is they will go and give it away to for free. You're like, this is so great. I love it. And next week I'll buy it from you. Um, and then I can't stop buying it. I have to keep having this feeling. And actually, especially the way the platforms work in their infancy is they reward and they reward and they reward good behavior. Like, you know, you're making reels, which is what we want you to do at the moment. So we'll reward you with a, a spike in engagement. And then we kind of take it away, actually. And you have to keep working harder to get the high, to get the hit. I mean, it's so very similar, isn't it? Um, they do it in the long term, like what you described, but they also do it. I don't know if they still do it, but I know back in the day, in the pre, my pre-Instagram break days, which feels like the prehistoric times now, um, they would like suppress likes. And so you check your, you do a post and then you want to see how many people liked it, right? Or you want to see if it got any comments, nothing, nothing. And then right when you're about to be done, it'd be like four new comments. And it's that slot machine. It's that, it's that intermittent reinforcement. Like this is a psychological, this is a psychological principle. It is how you get repeat behavior. It's how you modify behavior. And the thing is, I mean, I have, I've done so much research on this and read so much and learned so much because I need the information to, to like know that I can't trust them, right? It's sort of like, okay, I'm going to keep my eye on you. They have designed things so that you stay on it and they know that it's not good for us and they don't care. They don't care because they're, it's a business and we are the product and you know, I'm not trying like I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I think it's really Im important for people to know this information. Um, but I also think if we can educate ourselves, then hopefully we can proceed with caution, right? The same way that you would if you were taking medication, if your doctor prescribed a medication that was likely to be abused or that had a high incidence of getting addicted, you would proceed carefully with that medication. I think it's the same thing. And it's easy to forget. It's like, oh, it's just Facebook. Oh, everyone's on it. Oh, it's where I look at pictures of my friend's kids. But yeah. Compulsively. Mm -hmm. And is it making you feel good? I mean, this is, this is a, it's a lot to digest. Uh, you've said that one way that you are using it more healthily is to try and just bring joy to try and share what you find joyful and do it when you feel that mm -hmm. that you want to what other boundaries have you set around your your social media use going forward yeah I've you know I think that that more than like a boundary around social media part of my healing last year was really getting familiar with my nervous system and thinking about like feeling myself, right? Feeling my feelings, being in my body, 
being in my experience, deepening my level, my dog, um, deepening my level of presence in my life. Dogs are welcome. Dogs are welcome on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Maggie says hi, everybody. And that awareness has been such a wonderful tool to have in my toolbox as I've gotten back on social media because I can feel now when it's like, ah, too much. And when it feels like an assault on my nervous system. Um, And what I found is I only have like a few scrolls in me in any given direction before I'm like, I I can't, I can't even do this. It's kind of like being at like a really loud concert. And again, I don't know if that's always going to be the case. We will see. We can talk in a year and see, see where I've gone. Um, But I think as long as I can try to stay on top of things in my body, feeling my experience and really present to it, that I hopefully will not go off the deep end. I want to just talk to you a little bit about another kind of growth. I'm interested in your business growth over the past year. You as a coach, you've got a great, great line on the front page of your website that really speaks to me personally. Hey there, go-getter. You've gone and gotten what now? Or now what? I can't remember whether I've written it down right. And it does speak to me because, you know, it's, you know, you're a kind of woman and you go and you work really hard for something and then you get there and maybe it doesn't feel like what you expected it to feel like. And maybe you realise that actually you, you've you've created something that wasn't exactly what you hoped it would be. Um, Like, I think I have those feelings. I think a lot of the people I work with have those feelings. How have you, as a coach in this past year, do you think, like, changed and developed and become more able to help that person that you work with? Yeah, I think that it's, I think that... We are so good at doing hard things and we are so good at being ambitious. And when we're doing hard things in service of our ambition, we, are, we can do anything, right? We are unstoppable. What we're less good at is the slowing down and taking a break and hitting pause and being patient with ourselves in those sticky moments when we are not seeing the results and we're not you know, we, you can't, (laughs) you can't fix something that is like ingrained in your DNA overnight. Um, and I think that what this has given me is the ability to speak really deeply to what that healing looks like, what it feels like, the, the hardness of it, the unknown of it, the vulnerability of it, but also really reminding people like, this is going to take longer than you want, right? Like recalibrating your relationship to ambition, redefining what enough is for you, coming up with your own personal standard of when you get to stop, right? And and why it's okay to slow down and why it's okay to move through your life at a different pace and in a different way, prioritizing different things, Um you know, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen over a month. Um, I have a year long program. And, and a lot of times after a year, we're still just scratching the surface because we're never done. And I think in coaching, there is this, I, I can put pressure on myself to have it all figured out. 
right? If I'm teaching, then I need to have it all figured out. And I tell my my students and my clients all the time, like, there is no, there's not an end point with this, right? There's not a finish line. Finish line is I think we die. And so I don't want to get there, right? Um, and so instead of having the ambition rule our personal development, which is like, let me hurry up and finish this and integrate it so I can be better at life, um, which is what we've all been trained to do. It's like, how can I really deepen my practice of being a human and being like the most true version of myself possible and bringing that into every experience that I have and really trusting myself, really harnessing that radical self-belief and seeing everything that this life has to offer, the good and the bad, the hard and the beautiful, the ambition that we want, right? We want these big goals, but the big goals that are in service of something and not just because we think we should. And what happens when we're able to step into that, everything grows, everything becomes more magical and our experiences of being in our day to day, they're so much better. There's so much more peace and calm available. Um, and so I do think that this past year I have, I, I have the ability to talk about it in different ways. Um, and also just, you know, doing the things that scare you. I took a year off Instagram and I survived. I'm okay. <laughs> and so it's it's also kind of proving that point that like you can do it. And, and even though your brain is like, but you're going to die if you take a year off Instagram, you won't. I promise. <laughs> oh, Tiffany, let's end it there. Thank you so much. It's been a joy, pleasure. I mean, it's like a banquet of food for thought that you've just given us. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. This was wonderful. It's an interesting question to ask, I think, how many of us see social media marketing, especially social media marketing, as a necessary evil rather than an aspect of our business that we can enjoy? Maybe that's you or maybe it's all of us sometimes at different times. I'm in a season of enjoying putting my best stuff elsewhere, like here on the podcast, but weirdly, or maybe not weirdly at all, consciously deciding to be less invested in Instagram as 100% made it more enjoyable and easier to show up there. That said, I am recording this show with my phone on a chair on the other side of the room because putting physical distance between myself and the scroll is important. It's the enemy of progress. Thank you for coming. Tell your friends about us keep listening. It'd be lonely without you and I'll be back soon. Bye.